Hello and welcome to I Read a Book Once. My name is Emma and this is a podcast where I talk about books. Today I'm going to be talking about a book recommended to me by one of my friends from high school, Sam Irwin. She actually has recommended this book to me two times, once right when I was getting started with my podcast and another time in December right before Christmas when I was asking for book recommendations from diverse authors. So the book that I'm going to be talking about today is The Cat Who Taught Me How to Fly, an Arab prison novel by Hashem Garbe. I apologize if I've said his name wrong. I googled both of them and I listened to them a couple times. And I did my best. Okay, and the version I'm reading was translated by Nesreen Akhtakavari. Akhtakavari. I did not look up Nesreen's name. So apologies for my mispronunciations, but this is what I'm going to be talking about today. It is a book about a man who was living or a man who lives in a Jordan prison in the 1970s or 80s. I don't remember which. And it is based off a true story. However, it is not. Okay. This is something I'm going to get into and I'll explain a little bit more as I get started and kind of talk about all of this. But that's what I'm going to be talking about today. So basically, it follows the main character, Ahmad, who is a political prisoner in Jordan because he is a communist and he will not swear allegiance to the King of Jordan. And so he's been thrown into prison and it follows him for a year as he's transferred to, let me, I can't remember which prison he was in, but he, as he lives at this prison for the year and kind of just what his life is like there was very interesting. Uh, it's the national intelligence detention, wait, no, that's where he was being transferred from. Oh, he's going to Urbid, that prison there. So that's where he's going. And it's just kind of about his life there, his decision not to renounce communism and to stay true to his beliefs instead of just being able to get out by renouncing. And uh, yeah, and just kind of like his friends and everything that's going on. Um, I'm going to say right now, I think this book was only, was less than 150 pages, maybe 160 when you include the introduction by the translator and stuff like that. It was very short. However, it did take me kind of a while to read, which I'll get into. But, um, so this is probably going to be a bit of a shorter episode for a couple reasons. First, because it's shorter, there's not as much plot to it, although there was a lot of plot. Um, second, I only have, uh, I'm on a little bit of a time crunch today as I'm recording. I'm recording on a, what day is it? Wednesday afternoon after work. I normally don't record on weekdays anymore, but I need to just based off, I wasn't able to record last weekend, which gets me to my third point is that I finished this book a week ago because I finished it a week ago. It's not as fresh in my mind as when I record just a day or two or three after I finish a book. So that will also kind of play into it. And I just don't have as many bullets written down on my notepad as I normally do. However, maybe I'll talk about them for longer, so I don't really know. But without further ado, let's get into it. But actually, one last thing, I just want to issue a trigger warning for a couple different things. There are descriptions of violence in this book that are kind of graphic, basically talking about the torture mod has gone through, as well as there's a couple... Um, there's the one thing that made me really sick was one of the inmates is in for uh, rape and there's kind of a description of that that happens. There's different 
there's just a couple different things in here. I mean, it's a prison novel, but it, I mean, it's, I don't know. So I just want to say, I mean, I don't think I'm going to talk a lot about either of those things, but I just want to issue a warning for anybody who something like that might be triggering. Maybe, no, don't pick up this book. So, um, let's get started then into the plot summary. So before me, let's start. Me also, there's something I have to say. So basically, let's talk about the author first before I get into the book. So Hashim Garibe is from Jordan and he, um, is a writer there. And this book is based off of his true life. It's based off his life story. He was a political prisoner for seven years. And then he uh, spent another year or so, I think, in prison after being released the first time because of, like I said, he was a communist and he had those views. And so he was um, put into jail because of them. And Ahmad in this story is told that if he just signs a piece of paper saying that he renounces the party, that he will be set free from prison. And I'm under the assumption and belief, I believe this is what I read, that Garbe was the same thing, that if he were to do that, that he would have been released in real life as well. But he never did that. He chose to stay a prisoner instead. And he wrote this book. So the book's called The Cat That Taught Me How to Fly, I believe, or Who Taught Me How to Fly. Let's see. The Cat Who Taught Me How to Fly. I always say that instead of who. I don't know why. Anyways, the cat is a character in this book and also a person in real life. He was a thief, a very popular people knew him and he uh, spent time with the author in this book in prison. And um, Gary Bay was inspired to write this book following the death of the cat in real life. And so this is both a reflection on his real life, but instead of it being a memoir and being 100% fact, he's condensed kind of the seven years into one and he's created a mod to be himself. And there's other liberties taken, but it's basically telling you what his experience was like there in a way that feels very true, even though some of the things are not, which is something that I'll be talking about in a little bit. So Ahmad goes to prison. He has a cousin there, Asaf, who is in for, uh, I think, stealing. He, like, stole money from somebody and gets thrown into jail. And so his cousin is able to introduce him to some different people, one of them being the cat who, like I said, is a thief and becomes one of Ahmad's closest friends in prison. He is a young man, Ahmad, not the cat. The cat is older. But Ahmad is a young man who... Uh, um, has just graduated from college, basically, so that you know, like, about how old he is. Anyway, so we got the cat who's a thief. There's a couple other people. Um, there's a lot of characters in the book, and they all serve different purposes. There's the old man who kind of is wise and keeps Ahmad grounded a little bit. There is, um, let's see, I can't remember everybody's names. I should have written them all down. Oh, a lot of people's names started with Abu. That's what it was, and it was like... There's Abu Layla, there's Kurzem, there's another guy whose name starts with K. I can't remember. Anyways, there's just all these different people that are part of it, who he meets and become his friends and different things. So we've got a couple, the plot line is, a lot of the plot revolves around him, if he's going to sign and go back to his real life, or if he's going to stay and he's going to serve his sentence. And you've got him leading a prison revolt, and, but I don't know if it's a revolt of a 
protest, a prison protest, I'll say, actually might be more accurate description, where um, all the prisoners are outside during the day and they're told they have to go inside at a certain time, but they want to stay outside until after a prayer because this is in Jordan, their religion is Islam, and so they want to stay out for the prayer or anything like that. So they're like, oh, what are we going to do? And Ahmad says, we are going to stay outside until after this bell. I don't remember what the bell was. And he gets all the prisoners, even the really high up ones, there's different levels of prisoners and the highest level is the White House. And they've got like some special things that they get and they have like nicer area or whatever. They all stay out there and they refuse to go inside until after the bell. So they end up getting, um, this happens, right? And it ends up being mostly peaceful for the most part. But then Ahmad and his closest friends who kind of do have helped him figure this out and like get people to agree and do it, end up getting put into like a more intense prison cell than their usual cell. But um, they end up making a change and the prisoners now get to stay outside into the bell. Ahmad also ends up, so then after that, he gets moved to the White House, which he hates because he's separated from his friends and his cousin and all of that. His cousin gets transferred to another prison at some point and he ends up getting into a fight because of this one guy who's in the White House. I don't remember what his name was. Saw him in another prisoner and there was some um, sexual touching that occurred. Nothing too intense, but you know, and especially at this time being gay or I'm not saying any of these characters were however like doing any sort of um gay activities I feel like I sound so like I feel like I can't say that I don't know like just doing anything sort of like that all the a lot of the people were homophobic at this time and it was it led to this whole different like a whole thing that happened and Ahmad gets into a fight because of that he ends up falling in love with another prisoner's daughter who comes to visit all the time but she and she's also a secret communist at college, but her dad ends up getting let out and they move away. And that was like one of the last things that happened. But then, OK, I guess for the last thing that really happened is this is a horrible plot summary. It's going to be one of my shortest ones, because like I said, I read this a week ago and um, it's just just kind of escaping my mind and it's short. But like I and I feel like the other issue with summarizing this is that while it is a story and everything connects you can also read a lot of the chapters on their own and they're not necessarily you don't necessarily need to have read everything else so it's kind of like okay should I tell you 12 different stories or the best I can do in one so um yeah anyway so at the end the cat has been talking throughout this whole time about wanting to escape the prison and kind of he's already escaped it once by pretending he had kidney stones so they took him to a hospital and he escaped from there but he ends up back in the prison for whatever reason I can't remember and so he's been telling Ahmad how he's been standing around in restricted areas and how he then gets sent to the um, dungeon prison I don't know you know that like very bad prison cell prison they were in after the riot and he's found a hole and so he's kind of been digging in it and Ahmad found it as well and he ends up passing out in it or something and he almost dies. I don't know. That part was confusing to me. Anyway, so the cat has been telling Ahmad all this different stuff. So then at the end of the book, they have a new prison warden and Ahmad kind of confronts him and then, oh wait, no. Okay, so at the end of the book, it is when he does the whole thing where he gets 
trapped in the he gets thrown in the prison the second or the prison the dungeon prison cell the second time because he yelled at the new warden and called him a coward or whatever but loki that man kind of was a coward anyways so then it says a year and a half had passed from ahmad's arrest so that's nice and uh, you know there oh i know what would ha- what had happened he was being transferred to a different um prison and so his friends were throwing him a goodbye party and then all of a sudden there was a fire outside everywhere and the cat is like run away comrade because that was his nickname in prison was comrade because he was like a political prisoner anyways so him and the cat run away and they like wrench open a gate and they run out through it and then a round of bullets from the guard's machine gun crashed between his shoulders no idea who his is and uh, then it says he bent to the front and then stood straight he stretched his hand he felt the white feathers cover his head shoulders and stretched his hips he spread his arms wide exposed his body to the jasmine in the sky blah 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 and flew and so that's how the book ends so it was a little I was a little unsure if Ahmad dies or if the cat dies or maybe they both die. Now that I just read this back to you, because I was quoting right there, I I don't know if I have to say that, you know, for legal purposes. Although I'm not on Goodreads, although I am, because one of my friends from college like sent me a thing on Goodreads and I didn't read who the text was from. I thought it was from someone else. So then I had to get a Goodreads to then look at it. But I've not got nothing on there. Anyways, I did a lot of research, a lot by a lot. I mean, like, 15 minutes of research, which is a lot because I'd never researched typically before I do an episode anyways on this book because I had some questions I wanted to compare to other people and I found no answers. Anyways, um, only two people have rated this book on Goodreads, so I don't think anybody's going to come at me from a legal standpoint for quoting from the book. However, please don't. Um, So yeah, not a lot of people have read this. Anyways, and so that's how it ended. And that's my very disjointed, not great plot summary. I'm low-key like laughing at myself and a little bit embarrassed for that being like what I just did because I'm sure right now I'm at 15 minutes, but I paused a lot and there's going to be a lot of stuff deleted. Um, (laughs) So I'm just laughing because I did a really bad job, but that's the job that you're getting. And you know, I'm not, I don't have time to record this again. So this is what's happening, you all, you guys, you all. Hmm, I don't know. Okay, so let's go on to the discussion section. And the first thing I want to talk about is kind of this thing about it being true, but also false. So one of the reasons, no, I literally picked up this book because Sam asked, she didn't ask me, she recommended it to me. And I was like, okay, why not ask for it for Christmas? It was apparently very hard to find. My one of my aunts got it for me, and she had a she had a time finding it. But I eventually did get it in January, and I was like, okay, here we go. I'm picking it up. And I don't really know what it's about. And I started reading like the intro section and like the foreword and whatever. And I was like, you know what? This book kind of reminds me of the things they carried, which is by Tim O'Brien, and it is a story about the Vietnam War, and um. It's based off of like true stories that happened to Tim O'Brien as he was serving. And like if you've ever read it and you like specifically if you've read How to Tell a True War Story, then you know that those stories are true and yet they are not all factual. And so to me, this book struck struck me in a similar way that something can be true, but not a fact. So this is something that I first read um, The Things They Carry junior year of 
high school and loved it. I've read it two or three times, I think, since then. Like, I really, really like that book a lot. It's one of the best books I've ever read for school. Would highly recommend it. I'm sure one day in the future, I'll talk about it on my podcast, but I don't know when that's going to be because I have some unread books on my shelf that I'm going to read first. Anyways, so when I first, the whole thing that we kind of talked about first semester junior year is truth versus fact. And at the time, I didn't understand that the truth did not have to be a fact and a fact did not have to be the truth. If that makes sense, they are not, the truth does not equal a fact. Like they don't equal each other. They can be different. Something can be true, but not a fact or a fact, but not true. Like it doesn't, it's hard to wrap your head around, but eventually I did get it. And this is kind of how these things work. And what this reminded me of from the things they carried is this idea that Garibay is telling us the truth about his experience in prison, but there is no Ahmad. Ahmad is him. Like all of these events that he has in here, they did not happen like this. They did not all happen at the same prison. He's collapsed his truth into the story. And yet, while it's not labeled as a true story, it, it rings true. And it tells the true experience of being in a Jordan prison at the time or Jordanian, is that right? Prison at the time. And so you feel the truth and you feel as though all of these things happened as it's written. And while they may not have happened that way, these are still true stories. Does that make sense? I mean, I'm just speaking to this microphone in my closet and you can't respond to me, but like, does it? I think it does. I think I explained that correctly. And I really like books like that. Like, I also really like vignette stories. So if you've ever read The House on Mango Street by Sandra Cisneros, I also read that for the first time sophomore year of high school. And it's like loosely connected stories that are true. Like this, I just love the space occupied by sort of vignettes. I think a vignette is different from a short story in that short stories are boring and vignettes are personal. (laughs) I don't know if that makes sense in my mind. That's how I kind of see it. Vignettes are shorter typically than a short story and they mean something different to me. I don't know. I, I mean, a literary critic would probably, there are actual differences between them, but between the two of them, but you, they would not be like, you can't just say vignettes are personal and short stories are boring and that's how you distinguish between them. You really can't. And I'm an English major, or I was, so I have one. And so, you know, I know that. And yet that's how I'm going to describe it to you, my listener. And feel free to do with that information as you will. Feel free to educate me more on that if you want. I mean, I'm going to stick with my vignettes are personal. They hit you differently than a short story that you're told to read. And the thing is, here's the other thing about vignettes. Vignettes, like I said, are personal and they have this like intrinsic meaning, but it's not like they have a theme that beats you over the head like a short story. You know, short stories remind me of high school and they're like, okay, here, read this short story and then write a paper on it. And what is the theme? Oh, the theme is humans are evil and destruction and chaos and whatever. You know what I mean? You know, the lottery, I'm sure you've read the lottery where they like stone somebody, like all this different stuff. And that's what a short story feels like to me while a vignette feels more like the house on Mango Street, which is the story of Cisneros growing up in her neighborhood and being a Latina woman. Or actually, she was... Mm, There was a word. Chicana, maybe? I can't remember. Don't quote me on this, guys. But all these different things. And this book, okay, I gotta get back to this book. It reminds me in the same vein as those of these connected stories 
that are true and yet they are not exactly how real life happened. And there's something about those that really just call to me. And then kind of going into this, like, this book, I enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. Like, I really liked it for different reasons than I like some other books that I've read, right? But I feel like I would like this book more, A, if I read it a second time. I think the more times you read this book, the harder it hits. Because like I said, there's a lot of characters and I couldn't remember my their names. I couldn't remember their names as I was trying to do my plot summary for you guys. And they were hard to keep track of because there were so many characters in such short of a time. And so I think if I read it again, that'd be helpful. And then also if I knew more about Jordan and Arabic culture in general and Islam and different things like that, I think this book would also hit harder. Kind of like how I have this lasting love for the things they carried in the house on Mango Street. Because it, like in both of them, there's things I don't understand, like the Vietnam War. And I don't understand like not that I don't understand, but I don't inhabit the same cultural background as as Cisneros, right? And so this is similar in that I don't occupy the same background as Gary Bay, but there's also this like added barrier is that the other two stories, I have the American perspective that I can connect and I can understand more of what's going on. Whereas here, literally, this is one of the things I really did enjoy about it is that before reading this book, I know really, or I knew really nothing about Jordan as a country. I knew it was a country. I knew vaguely where it was. And I had heard that they had a king, you know, but I didn't know anything about it really. And so reading this book was interesting because I was learning a lot about things I didn't know. And I haven't read a lot of books by Arabic authors in the past. Honestly, I'm trying to think. I mean, I have for class, but a lot of that has been not like recent people. It's been people like, um, well, I'm blanking, but I ha- I did read them in college for one of my big classes freshman year in core. So anyways, that was something that I really did enjoy was learning about Jordan and like its culture and its people. And what I also found interesting was this whole thing about the political prisoners. There was a lot of stuff about tensions with Israel. I don't know if it was Palestine at the time, but like the tensions that are going on there, you've got the communist tensions as well, political prisoners. I found all of that very interesting to me, very enlightening and very educational in a way. But because I didn't know anything about it, it was harder to connect with this book and with the characters. And because I didn't have that cultural connection, I didn't have that cultural knowledge either, which is why I think if I were to read it again, it would be more enjoyable. There were footnotes. So for things that you might not understand in the back, there were footnotes, which was nice. So I could go back there and there was like footnotes for all sorts of different things. There was things like, okay, oh, another thing was, Ahmad referenced a lot of works of literature. So one of them he referenced all the time was The Little Prince. I've never read The Little Prince. I feel like everybody loves it. Maybe I should give it a shot. I could read it for free on my phone probably. I don't know. I'd have to figure it out if it is or not. But so like if I think another thing is if I've read The Little Prince, I would understand this book more as well because of all the references to it. But in the footnotes, there's also references to all the different like terms for the different levels of prisoners. There's different things like, oh, this is a type of prayer or this is a song or something like that, which is helpful. But again, like just having that background and that knowledge would help me more to understand it. So I definitely think that if you 
are somebody who is from Jordan or has Jordanian is that is Jordanian right has like roots from there I think you would really like this book a lot and enjoy it and understand it more than I did I think also if you if you are Arabic or if you practice Islam anything like that I think this could also be a really good book for you to read for multiple reasons but I just think that you would understand it more than I did not to say I didn't understand it but obviously there's always going to be I can only ever get so much because I cannot ever understand what the author went through and what this was like, right? Because of my own personal things I can't change about myself, how I look, where I'm from, things like that, right? And so that's just a little bit about like why some of the things were harder for me to understand and to get and why it took me a while to get through the book is because, you know, I'm like flipping to the footnotes because I'm trying to figure things out. I'm trying to understand everything that was going on. But I will say it definitely, this book definitely served its purpose for me. Was it one of the best books I've ever read? No, it's, it was not. But it totally, like, it was good though, okay? I feel like I say things like that and then people are listening. I mean, I don't know this, but like, I feel like then people are listening and are like, oh, you just, like, you're so critical about everything that you read. There's never anything you, like, love. But the thing is, like, I enjoyed this book but I enjoyed it because of what it did for me, if that makes sense. Like, I enjoyed it because it served its purpose in educating me about a situation, about a place, about a culture, about an Arab prison. As it says, it's an Arab prison novel. It, I loved that it brought that to me, that it gave me that information and experience and knowledge and just, like, that I learned about something new, that I was consuming media that was different than what I normally read. I really liked that it was different, that I was branching out. Does that mean I want to read something like this every single week? No, it does not. Because the thing is, I love my uh, lighthearted romances. I love my fantasy worlds. You know, I like all, I like contemporary stuff like that. But that doesn't mean I have to stay in that lane. And I really appreciated what this book did for me and pushing me outside of my comfort zone as a reader and as a person because it made me think about different things. Think about what it means to be a political prisoner because Ahmad and Gary Bay in real life made the decision that they were not going to renounce their political belief of communism and be a political prisoner instead when they could have walked free which is just like, I don't know how many people would do that. I don't know if I could do that in this situation, right? But for both of them, it was this idea of freedom that carried them, that even when they were confined in prison, they were still free because they had not given in. So let's move on to that then. So the whole idea kind of around this is an exploration of freedom. Ahmad, like I said, is trying to figure out if he's going to sign or if he's not. And at the end, you know, he decides he's not going to. He keeps deciding, no, 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 like I'm not going to do it. And um, the reason why is because while he's imprisoned, right, he is still free in his mind because he is following, I don't want to say his heart because I don't think that's how the author or Ahmad would describe it, but I'm going to say his heart, his mind He's following his convictions and doing what he believes to be right and choosing to stay in prison because he wants to choose to follow his beliefs. And if that means being in prison, so be it. He's not going to forsake that to become somebody he is not to leave. And for them, that is freedom, which is just a very interesting 
concept and an interesting thought, right? And the whole idea behind the title of the book, The Cat Who Taught Me How to Fly, the how to fly part is daydreaming. It's taking yourself out of your reality of being in prison and going out and being in the world, right? Like being able to daydream and see that you can leave your situation, right? And imagine what could be, what is, you know, I, I don't know. And so like Ahmad and in real life, Gary Bay, like they take that into their soul and they learn how to fly and they learn that using, not using, like that their freedom of choice is more important than being free of movement, right? And the author in his foreword says that the only thing he regrets is the pain he caused his parents and being in prison for so long that he had to stay true to his beliefs, but his biggest regret is how it affected his family and that if he had left, like how that could have been better for them. But I think it's so admirable, so like just, I don't know if mind-blowing is the word, but just like this idea of freedom because I think freedom is something that like at least as a political science student as well look at that dropping both of my majors in this episode and I feel like you can tell that I'm both of them in this episode but like because of that like this idea of freedom there's so many different types of freedom and to each person it means something different and to Ahmad and to Gary Bay it means like freedom to follow your beliefs and that's freedom right the freedom that he can be a communist that he's not going to renounce his beliefs to be free to live in the world, that he could be free while still being in prison. It's kind of like contradictory, but really interesting. And then one of the last things I want to talk about is this idea of Jasmine that is kind of throughout the entire book. And I I don't know what it stands for. I have some ideas. I have some thoughts. I tried to go online and see what other people thought, but I could not find it. I'm sure there was in some of the academic articles about this book, but um, I graduated college and I have no desire, literally no desire to read academic novels, novels, not academic novels, academic journal articles anymore, okay? They're boring. Nobody likes them, okay? No student likes reading them. And I was one of the most studious students out there. Ask anybody who knows me. And I did not enjoy reading them. So I'm not going to read them now just for my podcast. I'm just going to tell you what I think. And you can tell me what you think if you've read this book. So here's my thoughts here. So Ahmad constantly talks about the smell of jasmine, about it being prevalent or how it faded away or how it came through the breeze all of a sudden, or he saw something or someone and all of a sudden he could smell jasmine. And this jasmine was blooming outside of his parents' house when he was taken and arrested and all of this different stuff. So at first I thought jasmine represented home. And when he smelled jasmine, he felt like he was home and whatever. But actually, I think it might represent freedom, like I was just talking about. Because in moments where he feels free, in moments where he feels like he is doing what is right and staying true to himself is when he's smelling the jasmine. And in moments where he's lost and confused and thinking about giving in is moments when he cannot smell the jasmine, right? My other thought is maybe it represents spirit, like his spirit, if that makes sense. I don't know. But I definitely think the jasmine was symbolic. It was, it was like hit you in the face, like all the, there was jasmine in every, there was jasmine everywhere. 
And so I like couldn't help myself but try and figure out what the jasmine meant. And you know, I know I sound like a stereotypical English major. Not everything means something. Sometimes the curtains are just blue. They're not blue because of the tears running down somebody's face or something like that. But in this case, I really do think that the jasmine means something. I really do. I'm really, really sure that it does. Do I know exactly what it means? No. No, I do not. And now look at me. I'm supposed to be putting dinner in. I told you I wasn't going to talk that long. And then I got all philosophical and distracted by the other books I read and talking about freedom and truth and what all, whatever. But, you know, I feel like this has been a good discussion. But the last thing let's talk about right quick before I launch into my spiel that I forgot about doing that last time. Anyways, is the ambiguity of the ending. Like I said, now I feel like after I just read that ending back to you that it means that Ahmad got shot and died at the end, which was very upsetting because you go through this whole thing and then he dies. Sad. But I also thought maybe the cat was the one who got shot at the end. But it's just because it just says he, right? It just says he, right? I, I don't know. You don't know exactly who got shot. And it's just... I don't know. I really do think it was mud. Maybe they all died. Maybe it was just some other guard who got hit. I don't know. But I wasn't sure. And so I wanted to talk about it. But now I feel like I didn't learn and I should have just continued to ramble on about my thoughts about Jasmine and freedom and truth and fact and culture and whatever. I don't know. I actually ended up so I was nervous, right? I think my first section of my plot summary sucked. It just sucked. Like, no excuses, it just did, okay? I'm owning up to it. However, I think that my discussion section was good. I had fun recording it, and that feels like a win in my book. Let me know what you thought about this episode. Let me know if you also thought my discussion or my summary section sucked. Let me know if you actually did enjoy my uh, discussion section. I felt very much going back to my English major roots, my English student roots, and it was enjoyable. I'm not, I was not a literature concentration. I was a writing, uh, rhetoric and composition. So I didn't take that many literature classes. So more back to the roots of high school. But anyways, I did very much enjoy doing that. So let me know. You can let me know by DMing me on Instagram at I read a book once blog. And also while you're at it, while you're DMing me, you should follow my Instagram account as well. I have fun. I post, I post, I post photos and, um, I'm not a huge photo taker in real life, so it's been a fun adventure to try and get myself to take photos at least three of, at least three times. I try to do four. I almost never hit it. A week of books and stuff like that. You could also email me at ireadabookonceblog at gmail.com and let me know your thoughts and opinions that way. And you could check out my website. I never update. ireadabookonceblog.com. I keep saying each episode, I'm like, I'm going to update it. I'm going to update it. I'm not making you this promise because I have plans tonight. So I'm not going to do it tonight. Uh, I think I'm going to go see my grandma on Saturday. So I'm not going to do it on Saturday. Maybe Sunday. But no promises, everybody. So uh, next week, before I sign off, next week I'm going to be talking about Outlawed by Anna North, which is a historical fiction novel about a group of female outlaws out in the Wild West. So get ready for that. And I'll catch you next time. No. And I'll catch you guys next time. There we go. That's the actual sign off. Thank you.